So, hey, welcome to Talk Comics to Me. I am Champ Champenstein. And I'm Heather Hadfield. Uh, I promise we are not here to talk about any sort of hip-hop songs that are great hits. That you know of. Yeah, that I know of. But if you know of any other ones, let me know. I really love the lyrics for that song because they're funny. Yes. All right, I think that's the second time we've talked about it. Look, I'm not going to lie. I actually really enjoy that song. I, I We had this conversation. I know. I know. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I do, too. It is a fun song to dance to and just, you know. Pop it. Feel it. All right. Okay, so Heather. it is New Comic Book Day. It is Wednesday, October 22nd, 2020. Thursday, <laughs> October 22nd, 2020. I'm sorry. I got the date right, but not the actual day, so it's it, bound to happen. It's fine. We're talking about new comics, so, you know. <sighs> All wibbly wobbly time stuff. It's a uh, seven. <laughs> it's seven eleven p.m. and I'm gonna start you off by <laughs> chatting about this comic. This is called Nomen Omen, and um, this is issue number ten. This is the last issue of the second story arc. There's one final one, and then the story's done. Uh, what can I say about this book? Um, <laughs> Why are we even having a podcast? So our main characters here are trying to infiltrate the king's lair to get Becky's heart back. Um, in this issue, this is the um, story of how they fail, how it just doesn't doesn't work out. There's more uh, things that happen. It's more detailed and intricate than that. Uh, it has to deal with fewer... I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, the Guardian. The Guardian of Central Park, who was the enemy of her, still technically working with her because he betrays everyone that he's ever worked for. But he is supposed to bring someone back from this a river of sin. I don't know what it's actually called. But when the, the king... I thought he was on the cover... The king who stole Becky's heart originally, when he is done with someone, when someone has betrayed him, he locks him up and throws him into this river. So the guardian is trying to get this one specific person back who knows more about the king than anyone else so they can figure out how to get into a room within the king's castle so that they can free Becky's friend Patrick, who is this whole thing. That's, we've, we've got a friend named Patrick. Yeah, we do. Hi. Hi, hi. Um, but that's the main point of this other than to get her heart back is to free her friend who has been kidnapped and is being tortured the entire time there so that's what this is about this is them trying to get patrick and then how it just doesn't exactly work out for them i love this i thought this was such an incredible like finale for this second story arc here and i just absolutely cannot wait to see like how it ends because i have no idea how it could end Okay. It's one of those stories that always just, like, you have a general idea of, like, what it's about, but the more deep the story gets and the more you learn about, like, the magic that she's using and, like, the lore of all the people in the world and stuff, it's just, I, I love how surprised I am every issue yeah. and, like, how good it is. And it is one that I was not expecting to just absolutely love. Like, yeah. So. Are you, Whoop. Are you going again? Yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I'll go We're, again. It's a double whammy today. It's, yeah. Um, so I have issue number three of the Shadow Service. I never talked about the second issue because then when it had come out, it was damaged. So I will do my best to explain this without you guys having even known about the second issue. 
Um, so, was there a second issue? I don't know. Was there? Yeah. Uh, so this is um, Gina, who is the main character, who is a witch of some sort. She has powers. Uh, she is kidnapped <laughs> by this organization. So what she does is she is a bounty hunter, private investigator type person who finds people who are misusing magic and getting into trouble and stuff. And she takes them to be dealt with. She's been doing this all like freelance by herself. And there's this organization, MI666, who are full of people who use magic. They are trying to recruit her because what she is doing is bigger than her. And they're trying to help her like understand what is going on. But because of her unique abilities, they just, they need her. Okay, okay. So this goes more into what the organization is doing and how each of these people works for them. While also the main goal is, for Gina anyway, because she's really good at her job, she's trying to find this one person who sold his soul to a demon and, again, is misusing it, but not in the way that she thinks. So she's trying to get him, free him, and get him back to his family because that was her goal. So it's a... It's very interesting. I think the main thing I like about this is the story because, I mean, it is a horror story. Um, but they're just really good at certain horror aspects. Yeah. So. I mean, I enjoyed that first issue, but I just felt like I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it as it continued. Yeah. I think that, you know, I really enjoy it because she is, she's an asshole. Yeah. And she has no idea, like, what is happening. And she... I don't know. It's interesting to see how this one person who has worked by herself for her entire life, not realizing that there is such a thing as like more people like her because she's the only person like her who has ever existed. Yeah. So she gets to meet these people and then is introduced into this whole world where all these people are doing the shit that she's been doing her entire life, but for the good of them. Them, yeah. Yeah. Not just people in general, just like for her. So I really enjoy it. I mean... It's, it's at least fun. It's, like, entertaining. So yeah. it's not necessarily, like, it's not the best story I've ever read. But, yeah, entertaining, especially for spooky season. <laughs> All right. So then I have uh, November. This is volume number three. This has been a series of uh, trade paperbacks. And they've been hardcovers. So I guess technically an OGN if you're going to be... It's an organ. It's an organ if you're going to be real nitpick, nitpicky about it. <clears throat> uh, so this follows three different women whose lives are intersecting in a very, like, criminal sort of way. One of them is a cop, one of them is a drug addict, and one of them is kind of just, like, accidentally there. <laughs> Is the best way to, like, place it. She just, like, is going to visit someone and she's, like, finds herself in this, like, place. Wrong place at the wrong Yeah, time. the wrong place at the wrong time. I love, I've loved every single one of these trades. They, they read really quickly. Um, and they're really, like, engaging as well. And the art is really so. wonderful. Um, and I'm finally figuring out the color scheme, I think. Oh, good, yeah, because I remember you talking about that. And maybe I'm still wrong, but it seems like each... Uh, person or each woman in this story holds their own color scheme possibly or maybe it's just like the tone of like what they're doing possibly 
I don't know. This particular issue, I think, just really ramps up what's been happening, even though the story has been very just like, I don't know, step by step, very solid all all around. Like, it doesn't like kind of let up. The first issue or the first hardback is, I guess, introducing you to like the character or like each the main character, even though there isn't necessarily a main character. I suppose Mm -hmm. the first two trades kind of do that as well. Like, introduce you to who's who the players are i don't know it's hard to explain you know it's been since last year when i read the first trade this art is so much fun yeah the art is so much fun the colors are a lot of fun it's Mm -hmm. just like really like kind of pulpy mystery in its own way like and i really enjoy like the panel set setups Mm -hmm. and the lettering I'll go back and forth on I'm not gonna lie like there are times where I just like I'm really digging the lettering there are other times where it is like sometimes the cursive writing it's very very hard to like tell what's being written but yeah yeah especially like Mm -hmm. like that but I feel that it's not like it it deters from the story I think it kind of actually like builds it up a little bit more with like its roughness i'm gonna have to borrow these from you it looks fun yeah like i said i wanted to send you home with them because like after reading that i was just like yeah mm-hmm. i really like this and i don't know i don't know i don't think it's something you would traditionally like but i think there are aspects of it you would like i, I think I really you would, like matt fraction's writing yeah so. and i think you would like this writing i think you would enjoy yeah like the panel setups and everything about it so yeah mm-hmm. it, it's worth it like it's been worth it the whole way and sometimes, you know, I'm iffy about buying, like, stuff like this. Mm-hmm. But it's been worth it. It's been so, worth it. Yeah. And then there's kind of, like, just, like, three three different stories in there. And it's just, it's good. It's good. It's so good. So this might be a stupid question. Because and the design is really great. Like, yeah. I love this chain, like, fencing stuff. And that's, like, between each issues, as you saw. So the first two hardcovers, it's all the same three people, right? Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I thought, like, each one was focused on a different set of characters. But... And not, not nece- no, not necessarily. The first one does focus more so on two of the main characters, and I think the second one focuses more on the other main character. Okay. And this one kind of goes into another main character's past more so, like, the first person you meet. Okay. So it's just like you're kind of, you've met all of these people and all of these players in different places, and now they're just kind of coming together as one, which is, I think, something I really fucking dig about this book. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, Into it. Okay, sorry, that was a lot longer than I anticipated talking about that. Uh, this is Something is Killing the Children. This is issue number 11. This is the beginning of a new story arc, and I don't... I don't, I don't know what to say, because it's just, like, I feel like I don't want to ruin all of this book, but monsters are killing kids in this town. Monster hunters have come. They have not been able to keep things under control, and now they're the main monster hunter who came, Erica. <laughs> uh, the main monster hunter, Erica, who came to town to originally kill the monsters, is teamed up with James, the boy from the very, very beginning, whose friends were just massacred by the monsters. They're going out to kill these monsters and defeat them and try to protect the town, which it's gotten out to the head head honcho monster hunters that the town knows about the monsters, and they're not down with that. 
so I don't know why I just now thought of this. The the main monster hunter girl. Erica. Erica, yeah. Is she a child? No, I think she's probably supposed to be like I, it's hard to determine, but I feel like she's like 18, 19. Okay. So I know we had discussed this like previously. The monster might look different to... No, I think that's what I wanted it to be. Yeah, no, the monster looks basically the same. I think they look different in a sense, but they all look basically the okay. same. Okay, and the adults can see it. The adults can't see it. Okay, that was why I wondered, because I the was children, like, how is she a monster hunter? Because I got but, the impression but there that are she certain, was younger. there are certain people who seem to be able to see okay. the monsters. Um, But yeah, children specifically are the only ones who can see the monsters. So like... I think it was in two issues ago where the monsters attacked on the in the parking lot mm-hmm. and they just like ripped a person to shreds. So it was just like that's all they saw. That's all they okay. saw was this person hanging in midair and being ripped to shreds. Right. Um, not yet, Patrick. No. I actually we I meant to read it when it came out, but we only had one wall copy and I haven't had a chance to get to it. Is it good though? Because that is one that I did want to check out. Are there hands on the cover? How many hands? Or are there faces? Who knows? Or are faces hands? Hand faces. Okay, as you figure that out for (laughs) us. We're going to talk about some comics. Uh, This is Stillwater. This is issue number two. Um, This goes into our main character, Danny, and his, well, Tommy technically is his real life name. I'm blowing my mind. Yeah, no, I was just like, holy shit, we should we should get you a medal. Yeah, we should. Um, so this goes into this town, Stillwater, where they're cursed and blessed with the ability to never die. Um, his mother is from this town, and it goes into um, how they are going to take care of the main character situation, since usually when outsiders come in, discover what had happened, they axum can't exactly do that because the mother is part of the town therefore he is part of the town so they're trying to figure out what his sentence is and there's also like another layer to that as well because when they first came into town what made them realize that still water is what it is is because a child fell off a building and just magically came back to life Mm -hmm. Uh, and that kid seems to have other intentions right now yeah the kid's a little turd um, but yeah, we'll see more about him yeah, when, we, I, when we get there. I did enjoy that issue, like I said, more than the first issue. It yeah, was, it was a lot of, uh, I like how deep it was. Like, yeah. Because there are obviously, like you said, more layers to it, and it kind of starts peeling back the onion in this one, which I thought was very nice. Yeah, thank you, Chip. We love you. Our best friendship. Yeah, our best friendship. <laughs> uh, Patrick, you did get that really sweet cover with the giant face on it. I do remember that. That is a thing that happened. It looks enough like a hand. <laughs> okay. I'll have to check it out then. That was one I did want to read. So. Yeah, same, same. Uh, all right, read your read your naughty comic to us. Okay, so Patrick, I... Patrick, cover your eyes. Patrick, please. Uh, this is Faithless Part 2. This is issue number 5. Um, I did not get a regular cover for this one because it was damaged, so all I have is this cute little naughty cover... 
It's like not it. as naughty as the other ones have been. It's still fairly naughty, but, you know. I like how you mentioned mention all of our damages all the time. I have to. There's a reason why I don't get certain comics. So there is one issue left of this second part of the, our Faithless series here, and this uh, particular issue goes into how... Oh, sorry, I got an eyelash in my eye. It goes into how... Faith realizes that the man that she has been like banging and stuff the entire time, who is her girlfriend's father, um, he is more of the devil than he led her to believe. So we're going to see how she deals with finding out that he is the literal devil. And another man that has been in Italy the entire time who has been um, her guide, I guess, um he, banging guide yeah that and he's also been like helping keep her in check because you know she is an artist and she is losing he was herself banging, like cool oh <laughs> yeah i guess that too um but he joke, is but, yeah. that was a good one yeah. it flew right over my head um but he there's a reason why he is the way that he is and it's because he is on the opposite end of the spectrum as the the bad man so Wiener. <laughs> yes, I'm excited. This, About wieners? Uh, always. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how that story actually ends because I, I don't know what else they could possibly do with it. We're not here to talk romance. Even though I'm a huge fan <laughs> of holding hands. Hands. Uh. Okay, so I have uh, another one here to talk about. Uh, this is Sarah and the Royal Stars. This is issue number eight. I'm not going to lie. I had completely forgotten what happened in this series because issue seven came out so long ago. Yeah. So, I was actually surprised that you're still getting that book. I didn't realize it was still going. Okay. Like, for some reason, I thought it had ended. And then when I was reading this, I was like, you know what? Yeah, that would not have been a good end for the story. <laughs> <laughs> that would have made no sense because nothing was solved. Um, so Sarah's still trying to figure out how to... <laughs> I mean, sometimes that just happens, though. Yeah. And, and then, like, comics never come back, and you're like, well, I guess that that story is in my brain, but... <laughs> it's never gonna go anywhere. Um, so yeah, Sarah has been separated from her sister. There's so much going on, so I'm just gonna, like, try to keep it short. Sarah's mother is still alive. Her and her sister are in prison. They get freed from prison, and they're trying to find the... I don't really know what to call it, because they call it a few different things, but Haihara is essentially the family tree. So they're trying... That's what their entire goal is, is to protect this and save the royal stars. So Sarah is off on her own mission, trying to save the royal stars, while her sister and her mother are trying to get to Haihara to keep it alive so that's there's more to it and stuff but again it's just there's so much going on in it yeah patrick you just know <laughs> but yeah if there's one thing about sarah and the royal stars that i can say is that the art is phenomenal and the colors are just really good. So for a fantasy story, it all makes sense. And I do really enjoy it. I just, 
it was too long of a break between yeah. this one and the last one. So, like one other book that I have in this pile, I'm gonna have to go back and like read the previous issue or two so I can kind of refresh my up. yeah, yeah. Because there's like there was a couple characters in there where I was like I don't remember what this person was supposed to do. I have no idea when we were even introduced. So, yeah, I am gonna have to go back. All right. Uh, so I will go next. Yes, please. Uh, I have You Look Like Death. This is an Umbrella Academy joint. <laughs> that was good, right? Nah, I really love that. I'm, I'm, I'm here with all of the good, good stuff today. Uh, so this is a story about Claus and him. Him, him in Hollywood and basically just doing Claus shit. Like he's at this party and he has a ghost like fill his body so he can dance around and impress everybody. And he's being hunted by a vampire chimpanzee. There's a lot going on. In classic Umbrella Academy fashion. Yeah, and in classic Umbrella Academy fashion. It, I don't know, it makes me feel better that I kind of just, like, timed out on the last one and was just like, all right, I'll just read this one. Yeah. Because I don't, you know, I've, I'm realizing that I don't have to necessarily read all of the things at one time. Right, yeah, because, I mean, each one is technically a separate story. Yeah. But they just have similar characters and some things that are consistent throughout yeah, it. So. I just will still stand by the first story arc being, like, mm-hmm. the best, in my personal opinion. Yeah, like, I, I just, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I just really like the originality of it and just, like, I don't know. There's something that, like, I feel like, I don't know, I enjoy about this one, but it's, like, kind of missing part of that and I think it's kind of playing into like the Umbrella Academy show and how mm-hmm. much like love there is for Claus which no problems there like this is enjoyable but you know yeah you get what I'm saying uh fan service yeah a little bit mm-hmm. a little bit which once again this, not a problem yeah, no, that's fine. something you have to do sometimes and I I you know I enjoy this so it's not and it's like the same way that I felt like a lot of people were only reading these to begin with because Gerard Way was writing mm-hmm, it. And mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to lie, that's why I had started reading it. Me and my 15-year-old crush on that emo boy, yeah. I was like, I'll read anything that this guy writes. <laughs> um, I, I get it. Yeah, I get but it. I, I mean, like I, I did, like you said, you know, I, I really enjoyed the, the first story arc. I didn't mind the second one lost the third one like had no interest in it which is why i didn't read this one yeah and i think that's like you know once again i still haven't gotten through that second story Mm -hmm. arc of umbrella academy Mm -hmm. and like i should probably just try and just fucking bust ass through it which i can do but it's i don't know like i just didn't it didn't have the same like beats that i liked Mm -hmm. and even watching the show i didn't like enjoy the show personally which like when everybody was going wild about it i was like well that's cool it's just like I watched the first episode. I watched, like, no, like, five episodes, four or five episodes, and mm-hmm. I just, like, I just couldn't get into it. I I mean, I obviously felt the same way. I liked several of the people. Like, I, I love the guy who plays Claus. Yeah. Um, and I, of course, love Ellen Page, but I just mean, like, for the most part, I was like, Okay. Yeah, cool. I'm, I'm glad people, once again, glad people liked it. It yeah. just, like, was one of those things where I was like, I just can't. It makes me feel good that people support Gerard Way's vision mm-hmm. when I'm not able to. <laughs> All right, so then next I have uh, Batman White Knight Presents Harley Quinn. This is issue number one. This is by uh, Katanya, Katanya, Katana, Katana, 
I think it's Katana. Katana Collins. Uh, built around Sean Murphy's Batman White Knight world. <laughs> I mean, I mean. It just is. It is. It exists. I, I did like the art a lot for yeah, it. Yeah, uh, Mate- Mateo Scalera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his art is wonderful. Uh, which, it is nice to kind of get a different artist on one of these White Knight books. I just wanted to show you a really... That fucking page. I loved it so much. Yeah, where Batman comes through. Mm-hmm. There is just a really funny page where he calls, like, Harley is like a a go-go dancer, technically. Okay. And this dude, there we go, uh, bumps into Jack, bef- like, before he's Joker, mm-hmm. and while Harley's on his lap and spills a drink everywhere, he's like, apologize to the lady. He's like, calm down, Jack. And he's just like, yeah, j- she's just a stripper. And Jack's like, she's a go-go dancer, not a stripper. Like, there's nothing wrong with being a... a a stripper dude (laughs) like no need to shame any form of sex work in this book (laughs) damn he doesn't know he's an idiot but still it was just like that that particular line was really funny to me yeah she's a go-go dancer (laughs) she's a go-go dancer like okay like so she keeps her clothes on i guess she's still on your lap (laughs) yeah the fuck i don't know it's it's chill uh i i don't know i'll just i'll bust through this i'll read it i'll read it for the the fam so i should probably explain maybe what happens yeah please because <laughs> i have no idea i just realized that you didn't even like mention that yeah no i did not mention that at all so in the last batman white knight uh spoilers so if anybody does want to hear this close your ears patrick cover your ears uh harley ends up killing the Joker, Batman goes to jail, and this is and Harley has twins that are from the Joker. Oh, and so this story arc or this storyline happens two years after that, and the police squad or Duke particularly came to Harley and is trying to convince her to help them solve these murders having to do with like Golden Age stars. And she uh, says yes, and then she immediately is like, I know who did it, and it's Neo-Joker, which is another character that is introduced in The Last Batman White Knight, which is like a lady Joker. How does she end up killing Joker? With a gun. Okay. Classic. Classic. On on a rooftop. In Joker Wars, she was like, I'm gonna fucking kill him, and she was going to, and Batman was like, you better not... You know, it Bat- was a whole thing. Batman just stands behind her as she just shoots him with a gun. Okay. I think there's actually maybe a shot of that somewhere in this book. A shot. A shot of that. <laughs> like, like this is a movie. Is it in the beginning? Maybe it's in the beginning. No, I'll never be able to find maybe this. Maybe not. It's chill. It's chill. We can figure it we'll out. We'll figure it out at some point. I'll show you after. And you'll be like, oh yeah, I remember this. I'll be like, oh, cool. Maybe I made it up. I think I think you did. I think I did make it up. I mean, you had read it though, so I, I, yeah, you were probably but I just, just remembering it. I I don't know. What okay. did she name her kids? Honestly, Jack and Harley. I honestly don't remember. I feel like that might have been in the last last thing. 
Who cares? Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> I actually really don't care. I don't know why. Why, I would, you, why, why would you ask me such a hard yeah. question? What did she name her children? <laughs> I barely remember anybody's names. Okay. So that's enough about that. That was yeah. White Knight Presents Harley Quinn. If you want to read a story about Harley Quinn. But if you don't, let's read this. This is The Scumbag. This is issue number one. This is about a real terrible dude who saves the world, apparently. Um, it's There's a little more to that to it than that, but that's, yeah, the, the basis. This dude who's an actual, like, piece of dog poo. I hate him. Like, yeah. I know that you're supposed to, but he just, he makes me so angry, and I, I'm mad that I have to read a story about this person. Yeah. Uh, this is why I only, like, I told you I only special ordered the first one. I'm, I probably will special order the second one just to see what happens. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, like, you and I were vibing about earlier. <laughs> I, uh, I just, I can't get into reading just, like, about a terrible piece of shit person right now. Like, it's just unfortunate, the timing, because it's just, like, my brain can't handle any more garbage human beings. Yes. It's like I deal with garbage human beings on a daily basis. The world is garbage. All I want is just like a little gleam of hope. And even if I can get that from like a book. Mm, Speaking of Jimmy Olsen trade comes out next week. Yeah. Um, That just, I was trying to think what would be the opposite of this guy. And I was like, Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. No. And Jimmy Olsen is great. Yeah. That's the best story. That is the best story for 2020. Read Jimmy Olsen. Like, God. The entire series is in one trade. Comes out next week. Just do it. Do it for me. You'll feel good. But I I was going to get one, so. Good, good for me. Yeah. For the the culture. Mm Mm-hmm. The comic book culture. Scumbag, though, it's just, I don't know. I don't think it's terrible. I just don't, there are things I don't like about it. I do think it's cool that there are going to be different artists on it, but. Patrick, you need to stay here forever. Yeah, please stay. Um, But yeah, this guy, scumbag, um, he is in the wrong place at the right time and is being given a responsibility that he should not be given in order to protect the entire world. I just want more deadly class instead of this. I know. I know. This is Rick Remender, by the way. Yeah, sorry. Yes. (laughs) Forgot to say that. (laughs) This is a Rick Remender book. This is news issue number one. So Don't let that, you know... Turn, turn you off of it necessarily just like because it has so much potential it really does but yeah that's just like a personal f- feeling and opinion there Ugh. and who knows maybe it'll be different with the next issue maybe yeah. maybe we'll feel differently who knows but it I, just like doesn't seem like he's gonna get any better like, no it's not gonna seem like it doesn't seem like one of those books where like the person is like shitty but learns like some sort of lesson right and then like changes their behavior it seems like it's just gonna be a per- shitty person who like learns a lesson and then just continues being a shitty person yeah well i think maybe like maybe next week when we um sorry he, i just got like a weird message um i think it, it like maybe it might be the mood that we're in this week 
and we're reading this, like, whereas, like, when the next issue comes out, maybe we'll be reading it and it'll be funny to us. Yeah. Like, maybe we'll be able to see the humor in it because I feel like that's what it's supposed to be is you're supposed to see that weird kind of, like, oh, this guy's a piece of shit, but my God, let's see what that kind of hijinks he gets into. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, whereas now I'm just like, you know what? I've been having a really bad week and I don't want anything to do with this. This is not (laughs) funny to me. So, who knows? Uh... Yeah, that week, months, yeah. years. Year, the entire year. <laughs> the entire year. All right, so this is Gideon Falls. This is issue number 26. Yeah, and we're getting very close to the end. There's one more issue, right? Yeah, one more issue, the final issue. It yes. is 80, ish- 80 issues. It is 80 issues 80 long. 80 issues long. Imagine reading that. Uh, it is 80 pages long, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. And that is like an entire trade. Yes, so... We're going to see. So this is the last part of this part of the story arc. Um, they're all of our main characters, like all three, four, four, five, five now, yeah. technically. All five of our characters are in three different timelines, dimensions, whatever you want to call it. They are all coming together. Looking for Norton. Looking for Norton, yes, who was the original Gideon Falls main character. Yeah. Um, mask, looking for screws and shit in the trash. Gideon Falls became, like, real life. Like, all of the mask stuff. Oh my god, Jeff Lemire. Next, you know, like, Joker's gonna be real. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be smiling. Like, I can't. Uh, yeah, I... I'm really interested to see what happens. I, I really enjoyed how this, this particular ended. I... It's December when the next issue comes out, so maybe I will try to set aside time to read through those issues and see if there's anything I didn't catch, but I don't know. I'm just interested to see, like, how they wrap up the story. We should honestly do, like, a whole episode about, like, Gideon Falls with the last one because I feel like there's going to be a lot that, like, when we read that last one, we'll we'll notice and Mm -hmm. we'll, like, get into and stuff, so I don't... I don't know. I think that would be fun, especially since it is, like, the one that we've stuck through from beginning to end. Yeah. A series, like, this long, too. Especially together, too. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, like, uh, it's so dense. It like, is. Even though there, it doesn't feel dense, it's, like, it's so heady. It's, uh, it's going to be a big one, but I think that would also be very interesting, too, if, like, we each read through them again before the last issue. Mm-hmm. And then when the last one comes out, we like read it together and then talk about it. That could be a fun little project. Uh, no, I don't disagree with you. It's just, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you like weird horror psychological thrillers, then Gideon Falls is for you. Yeah, and time travel and dimen- different dimensions mm-hmm. and... Weird-ass panel layouts. Uh, though, if you are red-green colorblind, please... Probably not for you. Please be aware. I, we, I suggest this for my friend Max. <laughs> and not even thinking about his colorblindness. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, talking about how awesome the colors are. And then he was just like, uh, a lot of times I just can't, like, see them. And I'm like, oh, oh fuck, God. I forgot all about I that. Always, I always forget about that. And that's, like, the main... Like, red is a very, very, like strong through color throughout all yeah, of Gideon Falls. It's it very prominent. I didn't even that's wild. I didn't even think about that. But he's kept on it. Like yeah. he bought the first trade. He's read it since then. Like 
I mean, because it, it is a book yeah. that he would enjoy. Yeah, so. no, exactly. Yeah. Oh, man, I haven't talked to him about Gideon Falls in a grip of time. I actually, when I saw him earlier, I was like, I need to tell him about that Sea Fever movie because I feel like he would really love that one. Yeah, it seems like So, something. let's just both message him. <laughs> let's group chat Max. <laughs> uh, all right, go Okay. Ahead. I have uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. This is issue number four. And I feel like this book just came out like last week. <laughs> Didn't take that long. Um, so this is Bucky and Sam. They are teaming. Oh, God, I just like ate that corner. It just went right in my mouth. Um, Bucky and Sam are working with that kid who goes by the name Natural, who was working for Hydra originally. Um, he's really good at killing people really good and he's like a teenager and stuff his parents are the huge captain america fans so he agrees to team up with bucky and sam because he does want to do the right thing and at the time what he was doing he thought was the right thing because he wanted to take out all the bad guys in hydra because the new leader actually wanted to do good we'll see so we'll see yeah we'll see so this in the last issue you figured out who the new leader of Hydra was supposed to be, and it's not who you would think it is. So in this, it deals with her calling her parents and being like, hey, I just wanted to let you guys know what was going on because, you know, news is going to get out and they're going to say a lot of really bad things about me. Um, so anyway, yeah, this is what's going to happen. She gets off the phone. She says, yeah, <laughs> hell Hydra, right back at you, mom. <laughs> it's a weird thing. Her parents are very supportive. But anyway, so... They, th- I really, really love this issue because there's a whole scene where they, like, get knocked out of a plane. And the way that it's drawn is just really cool because, you know, it goes, it jumps back and forth through the panels to, like, Bucky and then Natural and then Sam mm-hmm. and stuff. And it was, it, to me, it yeah, just felt cool. like, yeah, it was, I was watching this happen in a movie because the kid the entire time is, like, knocking people out and going, oh, my God, did you just see what I did? Like, just... <laughs> going crazy because he's in the air doing this kind of stuff and there's like where is it at there's one point when bucky is like falling and he gets there it is yeah he's like falling through the air he doesn't have anything and the kid's like trying to help him and bucky hates this kid and so he's just falling with his arms crossed because he doesn't want to admit that he needs help and he's like about to hit the ground like look at that face (laughs) about to hit the ground and finally he's just like fine grab my arm Yeah, and then they meet up with the new leader, potential leader of Hydra, and it uh, turns out they've been bamboozled. Oh. Yeah. it's uh, It was a weird bamboozle, too. I, I should have expected it, but I, like, didn't. Oh. You know. People are working against them that should not be working against them, so. It's, it's pretty wired. All right, so then I have Devil's Highway. This is issue number four. Next issue is the last issue. I love how short those series are. Like, they just get straight to the point. Yeah, it's just, like, done. Uh, Main character was kidnapped, yeah, by a ex-detective who is obsessed with the case that she is following, trying to find who killed her dad. And he explains that it is truckers. Uh, like, you know, you had suspected. It's truckers. <laughs> it's, it's been truckers. 100%. Since the beginning. Yeah. There are a lot of trucker business, lots of trucker business going on in here. Uh, but yeah, it just like goes into like their kind of into like what they do, but not really just kind of like vaguely telling them. And uh, 
other dark deep secrets are revealed family secrets like, no just like okay. uh, a trailer a truck trailer full of like death instruments <laughs> kind of yeah no kind of because it's just like one of those things where this trucker kidnapped kidnapped this woman has taken her across country remember he got stopped at that way station the mm-hmm. guy like opened it and was like oh keep going mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so he's met up with other truckers and this dude is like oh i got a new rig you want to see it and he opens it up to like a death dungeon and the other guy who's been you know carrying this woman around like the country is like well i got i got something to play with got just the thing yeah so devil's highway <laughs> dang I've been, like, this year I really wanted to watch Joyride for my spooky movies. I've been, like, this close to paying $3.99 for it because for some reason it costs $3.99. I can give you part of this $20 and you can... No need. I have it on VHS. I just need to remember to grab my VCR from your living room. <laughs> like, right now? It's right there. Uh, I, can... I don't want to carry it home. Call, call Braden. Braden's in Lincoln. Braden! Braden, I need you. Give us a ride. Not me, though. Just Heather. Give us a ride. Okay. All right. Now we have Speaking of Braden, here's Big Girls. This is issue number three. And, uh... What's this her name? Ember. Ember, yeah. Damn, I'm doing really good with yeah. names today. Well, I was like, I was going to say... Her f- real name's Emberline, and for oh, yeah. some reason I was like, Emberline? Like, that's what I was trying to remember, short of, like, Ember. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you remembered that, because in my head it was Emberin. <laughs> that's what I was thinking for her name, so. Uh, this is about Ember's past, and builds upon the Jacks being sentient. Yeah, that's quick, to the point. That's exactly what it is. That's, a uh, and, you know, them potentially, you know, being sentient and how that affects her and what her Mm -hmm. job is supposed to be and how the people she works with also deal with it so yeah i still absolutely love this i think it's fantastic like especially this issue and the fact that it does go into like how she became a part of this whole group of big girls yeah i also think it's interesting because it's not necessarily a war but it shows like that aspect of war especially Mm -hmm. just like Killing people that are innocent or maybe innocent, mm-hmm. and just you know, it's sh- like you're, you're given a task without being able to do your own research on the matter. You just have to like yeah. blindly follow it, and this is her like not I say questioning that, yeah, questioning yeah. that like necess- necessity, and especially for somebody who's like forced into that situation, and it, it builds a different layer mm-hmm. to it where it's just like she's never had a choice right and like does she really want to be doing this or is this something that she feels like she has to do Mm -hmm. especially when she knows like her whole like goal and point of life is to protect other people Mm -hmm. and if she's not protecting everyone then like what is the point yeah and that is put like an interesting spin on it too because technically she has that growth to deformity or whatever Mm -hmm. if you will as them it just manifested differently yeah so she's killing people that are at this point she's realizing like essentially just like her there's just something different about Mm -hmm. them and she i don't know is probably questioning like well is there something we can do to like fix them before it gets to that point so 
That's big girls. Yeah. <laughs> Get rid of the military. That's basically it. <laughs> Defund the police. You're next. Yes. Um, I'm not going to discuss this one because I have not completely caught up because this is also another one that I feel like the last issue did not come out since, like, right before everything shut down, like, before the pandemic infiltrated this country. Um, this is Rat Queens. Um, so this has a new writer on it, and I, I feel like he's written three issues before this. and mm-hmm. That sounds right. Yeah, so Ryan Ferrier, Ferrier, whatever you want to say. Uh, he has been writing Rat Queens, and I, I'm not going to lie, I can't remember if the artist on this has been the same artist, because this does not look familiar to me. Uh-huh. But again, I'm going to have to go back and, like, you know, read at least the, the last, like, maybe two issues. I might just jump back at the beginning of this story arc. And I feel just, like that yeah, would make the most sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Rat Queens. This is issue number 22. So thank you for sitting with me through this. Uh, very kind. You did great. Thanks. You did great. Uh, I have Daredevil. This is issue number 23. This is a Chip Zdarsky joint. Is that a double dip chip week? It's a double dip chip week. Hell yeah. The best type of week. Mm Mm-hmm. And then next week I get the last issue of Sex Criminals. So, you know, uh, Daredevil's about to go into court. His Mm -hmm. ex-girlfriend's helping his case. He's meeting up with some old friends. Spidey. Yeah, kind of trying, Electra, trying to like tie up any sort of loose ends he can. And his ex girlfriend, who used to know he was Daredevil, got her mind wiped, doesn't know he's Daredevil anymore. Doesn't know he's Daredevil anymore. He broke up with her. It's just a quick recap of what happened there. And. She goes up to Foggy and she's like, well, why aren't we working with the best attorney there is, Matt Murdock? <laughs> and Foggy's just like, ooh. Uh, and then the annual comes into play. And that came out a, a couple, couple weeks ago. Yeah, or a couple, a couple months. months ago, yeah. And Matt Murdock just happens to be there. Oh, yeah, okay. I remember now. I remember. I was like, oh, my God. Okay. Interesting. I remember you saying something about that. Yeah. So i I really liked I really liked the ending. I'm really interested to see how it play, plays out. Like I know it's not supposed to be funny, but it gave me a little little chuckle. A little chuckle. That's good. That's good. As, uh, as you're enjoying. It. Yeah. I, I mean, I really do really I do really love this series. I I've always really enjoyed Daredevil. I think I don't know. I think Chip's a phenomenal writer. <laughs> I'll say it. Out loud, it's fine. Say it louder. Uh, and I do love like each of his stories in different ways, and I think that he does such a great job of, you know, this is completely different than Stillwater or Marvel Two in One or Invaders. Like they're all different for really great reasons. And yeah, it's wild how I was just gonna like start gushing about Chips. Oh, his voice is just so good. Like he has a voice that he can change very mm-hmm. easily. That adaptation to different types of writing and different characters is very interesting, especially, like, and I I wouldn't say, like, not know, like, knowing Chip, but, like, having that idea of, like, you know, he comes off as this, like, funny, like, yuck, yuck man, but it's just, like, he writes stories that just have, like, so much fucking heart sometimes and just, like, 
are so deep and have many layers, it's interesting to, like, read. Chip, I got a question for you. (laughs) Why are you so good? (laughs) Anyway, now I'm going to talk about Family Tree. Oh, it's a double Jeff week, too. Yeah, it's a double Lemire week. And this is issue number nine. This is coming back from, not a break, but this is a new story arc. This is all in the future. Last story arc kind of showed you what happens in the future and then tells you what happens in the past to make this happen. And this is just dealing like with the future and what happens when everybody turns into plants. They're here, Patrick. They're here. Whoop. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's not much to say about this story just because there's so, so many like things about it. There's just like a lot of people and people are turning into trees. I think that's the main thing to take out of it. Is it still following that same family? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because the main, the sister, she turned into the main tree and like blossomed all of these things that turns other people into trees. And so and those people blossom and blossom and blossom. So basically after she does that, the whole entire world just turns into trees. And there are few humans left and uh her brother and her mother are in the future basically fighting to protect her because people are still trying to cut her down and, like, destroy her. Because as long as she's still alive, she's still spreading the tree disease. I assume, or I assume that maybe there's something to do with, like, killing her that would kill... Like, the head vampire. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'm making assumptions here. They haven't really, like, delved into that necessarily. Okay. You just know that she is the one that caused it and that it's the end of the world to some people... But, like, all of these people are technically still alive in, like, another, I guess, like, a heaven. It's, like, a big tree afterlife type of thing. Interesting. Yeah. Are you enjoying it still? Because it seems like I continuing on with the story is, like, kind of strange. I do really still enjoy it. It's just, like, it's hard to describe, and I think it's hard to, like, talk about because it has there's a lot to it and it's weird you know and I think it does it kind of does what farmhand does in the body horror aspect of like kind of a nature horror thing which I Mm -hmm. think is part of what I enjoy about it yeah I always love when they do that because it's so not done too often yeah with nature and stuff and I do like the like post-apocalyptic aspect of it Mm -hmm. because it is something that's like you know most post-apocalyptic worlds are like just dirty and deserted and there's no water and this is just like this girl basically changed the world back to what it was because she became a plant you know yeah just wild brush yeah okay i do i i think i like that part of it too i think that's Way more interesting. Yeah, I don't think I've done a very, like, great job of explaining it because it is just, it's a lot. And it's kind of just slow in the Mm -hmm. way it builds itself. It's just, like, there's a lot going on, but it's just very timed. I just forgot what the art looked like. Oh, okay, yeah. I just, this looks really cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's like a, it's a really enjoyable book. Like I said, it's just... It's hard to describe without, I feel like, in giving it justice, too. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so now, last, last, last. Yes, now we are on the X-Books, the X of Swords. This is um, Excalibur. This is issue number 13 of Excalibur. It's chapter number 9 of 22 for the X of Swords series. Um, Just look at this cute little cover. Sword, sword, sword. I love it so much. Sword, 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 sword. Um, so this, you know, since it is Excalibur, it focuses on the Braddock, Braddock family a majority of the time. So you can guess what this part of X of Swords is about. Um, this gives you, like, every single person in the Braddock family. Yeah, which I love. I love the the different personalities. I, I, have con- I will continue to say this. King Jamie is probably one of my favorites just because of how ridiculous he is. Yeah. I... Did not know I could even like him at all because he's also kind of a piece of shit. But I yes, no, really is a piece of shit. I know. I just really enjoy watching him like this um, as a cute little king. Yeah, I just, I really enjoyed the, like, Betsy business in this, like, particular issue and how, like, you kind of just delved into, like, who she was and mm-hmm. what she was feeling. Yeah, because it's not something that you really think about because in the earlier issues of Excalibur, she was giving given the title of uh, why can't Britain Captain Britain? Yeah, I was like, why can't I think I, of what I, the name is? I was I wanted you to get there on your own, so I didn't want to. Yeah, no, Captain Britain. She was given that title. Um, Brian kind of like forced it on her. So throughout, you know, the rest of the issues, she's trying to do this job in the best way that she can. And then in here, it's essentially just getting taken away from her. And she has, like, no say in it, even though she actually does want to continue mm-hmm. doing this. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, – I thought it was really nice to see that part of it because, you know, she's always done things for her brother, for her family. And for once, she wants to do something for herself. And for her people. Yeah, and yeah, and for her people and stuff. And she's, like she, – again, she's not given that choice. And I feel it – yeah, no, I really like this issue. I also liked how she was trying to, like, get Brian to, like, okay, you gotta take this sword. Mm-hmm. You gotta do this thing for us, too. Yeah. And yeah. it does... With this, we do end up getting two two more contestants. I Did I did I read that right? Yep. Yeah. And we get two more. You get two more contestants, so we are now three away from uh, the completion of the circle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. Yeah. All right, so then we have X-Men number 13 next. Uh, This is an uh, heavy issue. This got me so amped. Like, when I had texted you, I had just finished reading it, and I was, like, sitting down in my cute little beanbag chair in my room going, ah, because it was so good. Yeah, no, this... I really, I really have loved this X-Men run, if nothing else, because I've found Apocalypse to be a character that I absolutely love. Like, yeah. No. This page the destroyed whole, the me. Whole, there's a whole scene where Apocalypse's wife basically is like, you're not strong enough to go fight in this war. You have to stay here on Earth and prepare other mutants. And just, like, kisses him and is like deuce like just gets the fuck out of there that uh, that part right there is what kind of killed me about it because he's like he cries in this issue you get to see him crying and then when he realizes like what she's doing he just sits there and says i want to go with you and i was just like oh my god 
apocalypse. Yeah, and I couldn't. It gives him this like level that you never ever have had with him. I guess Mm -hmm. like at least that I am aware of. Like he does have a really big heart. Yeah, and if it's just for like his people and Mm -hmm. like I don't know, there's something extremely relatable about caring for the people around you and like especially those that are your own cohorts and own people and just like you know it's. Fucking They're raise a up part my of you. yeah. I'd raise up my fucking swords for them too. Yeah. Like it has probably my favorite line <laughs> in it ever, and I don't know if I can read it because it will be a spoiler. But at the same time, like no, it is a it's a cool ass. Yeah, just that whole thing yeah. right there. I can't like this this issue. It's like it's so good. It's gearing up to be incredible. Um, We're almost like halfway through. Next week is uh, what the stasis. Stasis, yeah, and yeah. that's halfway through. And I don't, I don't think, I mean, I've read a better event. No, this, like, this, this is probably the best. Like, I was talking to, yeah, that I've ever read. Our friend Drew about it. I was just saying it's just interesting how there's so many different writers, but the voice, the voice is so cohesive. Mm -hmm. It feels just very, very real. Oh, shoot. Yeah, we got a minute. Okay. Uh, And... That's what I love about this. Like, yeah. it's not like you don't you don't feel like you're reading a story from someone else. You feel like every single issue is building upon what you were given. And I don't think it's given you something that you, like, weren't told. Like, if you want to see X-Men with swords, this is what you're fucking getting. Mm-hmm. And you're getting more than that, too, because you're getting other world, like, backgrounds. You're getting sword information. You're getting character building. It's... Yeah, it's, uh, it's a really... There's a lot to it. Um... But it's different. It's just it's better in a different way. I don't I don't know how to explain it because I I liked House of M, but it just you know. Mm-hmm. I think I personally think X of Swords is better just because it's just different. So I don't know. It's like apples to oranges, I guess. Yeah, that's true. All right, so then we have thirty seconds, and we actually did it within time. Uh, so we love you. Thank you. Go buy comics. Support your local comic book shop. Shrop. The shrops. shrops. Uh, you know, be good to your friends. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Buy shirts from us. Yeah, buy some shirts. We've got them on pre-order. Links in our bio. I will print them all. I'm doing it all by hand. And if you're watching this on Facebook, YouTube, I'll put it, you know, down in the comments. Link in bio. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye, Patrick. You're, you're forever the best. I hope you heard that. That was hot garbo. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. And we stop.